Remember when saying the N-word was acceptable on the internet? Oh my god. <laughs> Carly, we cannot open with this. <laughs> I'm joking! No, I'm joking! But I... I know there's some, like, Elon Musk ex-head who probably is thinking that, like, some white guy, like... Remember when you can say racial slurs on the internet? I mean, let's be real, though. That's exactly what (laughs) happened when he took over. They were just like, ah, here we go. It's time to be racist. Hey, motherfucking bob-bing, bob-boom. The (laughs) N-word. Big echo. And then everyone's like, yo, what the fuck, dude? And then the guy got banned because, go figure, it's still against Twitter code of conduct. Just because Elon runs it doesn't mean it acts like he wants it to. Oh, my God. I remember way back in, uh, I think it was right when he took it over. And he ended up, like, being like, if you guys don't want me to be CEO anymore, drop this or like, um... There was a guy, I forget his name. No, it's a guy, he goes by the quartering. Oh, fucking hell. The fucking quartering! The fucking quartering. (laughs) Piss in the basement, fascist ass quartering. Fuck that guy. Oh my God, it was so funny. So he's like on, he's on Twitter and he's like, (laughs) it's sort of my favorite fucking twitter stories oh my god the quartering he's like he like quote tweets it and he goes elon you can't do this time oh my god elon, you're here you're here to save twitter you no. can't just give it away it's just beginning the empire you're building is just beginning and then it doesn't stop there oh yeah doesn't he go like Please message me. Reach yeah, out to me. Please message me. We will. I will help you, and I will make sure this is great for you. But then, because I think at the time, um, <laughs> Mr. Beast of all people, like commented on it and was like, "Hey, Elon, um, not really liking what you're doing right now, man." Quartering retweets that calls Mr. Beast by his government name. He goes, Jimmy, oh please. My God. <laughs> Jimmy, please. Jimmy. Don't say this to him. The man needs all the support he can get. Elon, we gotta help him. Elon is doing his best. Oh my God. Please help him. Please, Jimmy. Let's <laughs> see if I can find. God, I remember watching that in real time and because I had to keep like you blocked this user unblocked to see the tweet for the quartering because i hate that guy yeah um god i love quartering's pathetic meltdown being the top <laughs> fucking oh, google that's what it is so the, the the screenshot makes it like you know uh summarized but elon says should i step down as head of twitter mr b says if you're going to keep doing stuff like this then yes and the quarterly the quartering says jimmy please dm me i can explain explain what <laughs> no you don't understand man elon's got the biggest brain in the fucking world and he's really just gonna make it happen you just gotta give him a chance and it's like no i we gave him a year and a half now and <gasps> twitter's in the fucking toilet <laughs> the fucking, here it is. Oh my god, look at that. That's a fucking four tweet spread. <laughs> like, the quarter, uh, is this 
okay, Reddit. Uh, oh, Reddit's got all the all the juicy deets. Yeah, they really do. Okay, they have the one cut off about the fucking culture war, but he says like, um, I am about to screw up my entire week by uploading a video in the middle of the night in regards to Elon Musk stepping down as CEO. He doesn't owe me anything, but if I don't try to sway the vote, I can't show how much I care. Who needs money anyways? Because the, oh it was like ninety-two percent of people said yes or something yeah, like that for him to people step down. don't like him. Him is fucking vox populi, vox del bullshit. And it's like shut the fuck up. Uh-huh. If he just here's the funniest thing. All right, if Elon had bought Twitter and shut the fuck up, and that was it. Twitter, nothing would have happened. He could have bought it, and it could have continued to lose money, but generate more at, like revenue and analytics than any other website on the goddamn market. But right. no, he wasn't happy with that because he's like, they're censoring my freedom of speech. Okay, Elon, cool. Glad you think that. Thank you for letting all the psychos back onto Twitter so that they can be like actually horrific people. <laughs> and then... All the good people are like, hey, yo, Twitter's so cooked. We're out of here. And then yeah. they go anywhere else. Literally anywhere. People else. went to Threads. People. You know how sad you got to be to go to Threads? <laughs> fucking Threads. I still haven't made a Threads account Me because neither. I got fucking standards. Yeah. Well, I didn't make a Threads account because I think like in the terms of service, it said something like, if you delete your Threads account, you also are deleting your Instagram or some yeah, crazy it's, shit. It's one of those things where because they're all linked... You can't delete one. Now, you can deactivate your Threads account, which is the uh, the confusing thing where it's like, brother, let me deactivate my Threads account without you saying, you know, if you delete your Threads account. It's like, <laughs> yeah, of course, if I delete my meta account, it will delete my meta accounts. Right. But let me deactivate a facet of it. And they're like, you know, if you delete it, it'll delete it. Nah, you know, you got to look at that. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, But also, <laughs> I, I fucking love these tweets. I'm pretty sure this was like a year ago. Uh, But I still, yeah, it was over a year ago and I can't stop thinking about it. Because some other guy was like, it's utterly hilarious how flustered you are over this. This is your personal 9-11. And the quartering response, yes, Twitter <laughs> is the public square. Losing freedom of speech in that square is more important than 9-11. It's, Does it make you feel uncomfortable? It so, makes me feel like shit to say, but it's also true. God, it's what? so funny that Elon came in and declared Twitter the public square of the internet. Uh-huh. And everyone just was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's right. Elon's so smart. He's the smartest guy in the world. Oh, Elon, you haven't had sex in years? Oh, my God, that's so sad. I'm a straight man, but my wife would understand if I had to help you. I mean, I'd hate every second of it, but I would make sure that you left satisfied, even if it was hell for me. Dude, these guys are crazy. And Elon is the stupidest motherfucker on planet Earth. And then also Reddit is the fucking (laughs) Reddit. Is where you could go if you want to have open conversation with people. They don't. They don't have. They don't give a shit what yeah. you say. Reddit's a goddamn disaster area. It really and you could is. go on there and have a conversation with anyone in the world about anything. Mm-hmm. That's the fucking public square marketplace of fucking ideas. Twitter is where you yell at Trump because there's a chance he would read your tweet. <laughs> Twitter is where you make offensive jokes. Because 
about uh, politics because you can get away with it because everyone also hates whatever. You can find plenty of people to do. That's what Twitter was. Twitter was edgelord shitposting for people who were too afraid of 4chan and also normal people. Because I don't know about you, but I use Twitter like a normal person. I mean, <laughs> I was just a guy who was on Twitter. Twitter used to actually be way back in the day. Twitter was where I posted my too hot for Facebook thoughts about things, okay. which primarily boiled down to fuck my boss. I fucking hate this guy, but I'd say him by name because he wasn't on Twitter. Right. Turns out he had four Twitter accounts. Um, I won't say the names of any of them uh, because they're all versions of his name. But one of them was a boss man name, and it was where he gave business advice. And it's like, good job, buddy. Thanks for the business advice. I won't say anything else because it will constitute a slander, but you did get arrested. So, oh, <laughs> my God. Maybe he wasn't arrested, but he was taken out of his one place of employment in handcuffs for uh, tax issues, I think. I don't Evasion. Know. Yeah, man. Okay. Oh, it was a okay. mess. Um, speaking of a mess, we find we ha- actually have the copy of the quarterings tweet to Mr. Beast. Salute. <laughs> oh, Let's go. Okay. Jimmy, please. <laughs> you gotta is, listen to me. <laughs> here's the, here's the, uh, here's the tweet. Jimmy. Oh, wait. Carly in editing. Please put some like sad violin piano music in the next clip thank you oh wait here let me let me let me pull something up carly and editing i can definitely do this uh roy uh have a sec have a sec royalty free sad piano not loyalty freeze sad piano i give up carly and editing you got you gotta come through man she's got you she's got you man okay here it is jimmy please dm me i can explain he already reversed course, and this is the most important poll in history. We need to keep Elon as CEO. The end. I want to know what exactly Elon as CEO was going to do to change anything for these people. Because all that when he finally stepped down, because he should not be the public face of the company, because it was tanking his stocks across the board and his other shareholders were like, hey, buddy. You're getting kicked off the team if you don't stop losing us money. Oh, my you know? God. Right. And then he replaced himself with what's-her-ass, the lady who's just like, oh, it's really great to be on Twitter. Conversations about the big game are up 30% this year. And it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, what? <laughs> and can you imagine being a person who lives there with their head in the analytics so hard like that? Man. Like, oh, boy. There's a there's a version of my life that that happened to me, and I'm so glad that they didn't. And it's not real, <laughs> right? She sounds fun at parties. This party is ten percent better than last <laughs> year's party. We have twenty percent more cupcakes than we did at the last uh, function. Oh, I'm gonna do something about that. <laughs> <laughs> better believe I'm gonna knock the fuck out of those cupcakes. <laughs> Noah ate 36% more cupcakes than he did hey, 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 no cupcake counting over here. <laughs> oh, my God. you imagine the cupcake counter at the cupcake party? Like, come on, man. Get off my ass. <laughs> you have to tally every time. Like, your name is there. And you're like, oh, you're grabbing a third cupcake? 
Yeah. Yeah, man, there's seven different cupcakes and I'm going to try all seven. Get looks over like it. Looks like you're already eating 12% more cupcakes than you did last year. <laughs> and you're eating 17% more cupcakes than the average <laughs> cupcake eater at the party <laughs> aggregate. <laughs> That that party goer has a fucking flow chart, like a, no, a circle chart, like a circle graph, and every like you're part of the pie. It's like oh, mm-hmm. looks like Noah has the biggest piece of the pie, and they're like fuck off, so, fuck off, Sharon. <laughs> so I was a uh, I was at a um, wedding reception a little while ago, okay. and they did. Um, Cupcakes, uh-huh. because many people do cupcakes for their wedding reception because it's a bomb ass idea. Right. Who wants to eat a slice of cake when you can just pick up a single cupcake? And yeah. I ate four cupcakes because there were four different cupcakes that, to eat. That makes sense. <laughs> and every time I went and got a new one, I felt like I had to share it with my wife because I'm like, people are gonna think I'm eating all these cupcakes. <laughs> People are counting my cupcakes over here. <laughs> Meanwhile, I had eight glasses of wine. No one's counting that because the guy who got married works at a winery and he's like, yo, you got to try this. This is my Cabernet. That's a, it's. I swear to God, this bottle was the size of a toddler. I'm not kidding. It was, I believe it was eight liters of wine <laughs> in a single bottle. Oh. It had a cork that was, uh, listeners won't, be able to see but it was about yay big around so um, that's like that's like, like we're talking sil- like a, a sil- half dollar yeah, say, like a silver dollar yeah or like yeah, yeah we're, we're looking at a big dwight eisenhower sized yeah. fucking cork or like or for the modern for the modern era mm-hmm. an extra large Chuck E. cheese token and uh, yeah yeah exactly imagine an extra large Chuck E. cheese token with dwight eisenhower on it <laughs> <laughs> that's the guy who's on the dime i think <laughs> But his head is bigger. <laughs> and it's legal U.S. currency. And it's silver. Ch- Chuck E. Cheese. And oh, Chuck E. Cheese is there, too. <laughs> you know, it's really, really loud. You just hear click, 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 click. Ding, 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 ding. And then there's like the... Of the ticket machine going. And, you know, like... And you're just having... You're either having a really good time or you're having a really bad time. Because... That's just how arcades are, but you're you might be leaning more toward the bad time because the average height of people is like your waist and shorter, and they have more right to be there than you do. So you really gotta let them have their fun. <laughs> but also, why am I here at this kid's birthday party if I don't get to own them in skee ball? You, you know, like you gotta make sure that you actually prioritize your life here. This is called self care. Is dominating ski ball against ten year olds. Ten year olds. I'm not trying to sound like a boomer here, Carly. Ten year olds don't know how to ski ball. <laughs> For the one ten year old listening. One ten-year-old, you can't ski ball. Come to come to see me. Out ski ball me. I'm not even good at ski ball, but I'll body your ass. I can only imagine like uh this is my this is my headcanon of this scenario. Like yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A balding like Hey Are you bald? Yes. <laughs> I wasn't saying that about you. 
okay. He's like an old, like balding, like Trevor from GTA Five looking motherfucker. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Goes to Chuck E. Cheese, and he's like, "Hey kid, I bet you can beat me a ski ball." And he goes, "Oh yeah, I bet I can." And then fucking Trevor motherfucker is just. Wee, 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 wee. And then he wins and he's like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, you fucking bitch. <laughs> I just pranked your ass, motherfucker. Give me your tickets. And he takes the tickets. Just and he's like, what's your favorite toy over there? And he's like, uh, the, the Pasquale Pizza Man plushie. And he goes, fuck you. I'm getting it for myself. <laughs> Grabs the mask, <laughs> grabs the mask, Wally, comes running over, and he's like, this is because I'm good at ski ball, you fucking bitch! <laughs> yeah, take that 10-year-old, get windmill dunked on by hypothetical GTA 5 Trevor, who's really good at ski ball. <laughs> Motherfucker, you can't handle the ski ball. <laughs> Speaking of ski ball, um, we need to do the intro. I was about to say, do we intro this podcast? Did we ever do that? Rule number one, it's very customary at the Between the Fridges podcast to uh, do the intro anywhere between 10 and 30 minutes into the podcast. So That's what I'm fucking talking about. You know what? My other <laughs> podcast does the same thing, except it's usually like 40 minutes in. <laughs> So with that, hi everybody, welcome to the 35th inaugural episode of the Between the Fridges podcast. Um, my name is Carly, um, and this is <laughs> Amanda. <laughs> Hello, I'm Amanda. <laughs> no, this is not Amanda. Um, this is uh, the first week of uh, February guest week. Uh, that that was really bad. Uh, this is the first week. A uh, guestuary. Do you want to be on my marketing team? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't pay much, but like, I can feed you sometimes. Welcome to... That's great. Welcome to the first week of Guestuary. And this week, we are... Well, this month, we're going to have returning guests. Do you want them? I don't fucking know, but I needed some people. Frankly, I'm going to be the brave one to say it. I don't care if you didn't want me here. Yeah. I'm like, I'm an edgy Gen X comedian. I'm here <laughs> saying whatever the hell I want to say. Whoa. Oh. Oh so this oh, is, I'm Noah. This is Noah, your favorite Gen X comedian. He's he's giving very Burt Kreischer vibe. It is important to note that Noah is not actually Gen X and should not be considered Gen X for any demographical polling. <laughs> He's also not Bert Kreischer. <laughs> okay, so uh, you know how like old people love to pretend that young people have no idea about pop culture from like their childhood? Because firstly, why should we? That was like a billion years ago. Right, or the worst part is when like I'm shading our people. When fucking older millennials. Mm-hmm. I don't know they what you're go, about to say, but I agree already. <laughs> only because I was at the makeup store, like, literally uh, two hours ago. Um, and 
I was working with an older millennial manager mm-hmm. and every time she closes, she puts on like music of her choice and she puts on like this 90s, like very stereotypical, like 90s music, like grunge rock, oh, yeah. but like pop rock sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not... um. Oh man, the band fell right out of my head. Not Fallout Boy, but like Fallout Boy adjacent, like edgier Fallout Boy. Uh, kind of. Poppier um, Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, I would say more like bands like the Presidents of the United States of America. Oh, I do. I do love Lump and Peaches. I can't uh-huh. lie. Um, like uh, Bare Naked Ladies. It's been. Oh, we literally listened to Bare Naked Ladies today, and I was like walking around the store, and I'm like cleaning up and stuff. And my manager, she calls me over, and she's like, "Hey, come here." And I said, "Hey, what's up?" And she's like, <laughs> "She goes, now you have to tell me if you've ever heard of these guys before." And she pulls out her phone, and she holds it up to me, like. Have you ever heard of them? It was fucking Sugar Ray. She so goes. The funny thing is, of all people to ask that question, you are the worst one to ask. Cause yeah, you have. <laughs> I've listened to fucking Sugar Ray, and I just like she's like, I bet you've never listened to them, and it's Sugar Ray, and I'm like, yeah, they they were in the Scooby Doo movie, and she goes. You're so young. Oh, my God. I remember being able to listen to this cassette tape in my fucking 1962 uh, Chevelle GX. I don't fucking know because at that point I had like I sonic boomed in my brain because I'm like. You also had cassette tapes. I was like, what? Bruh, I had cassette tapes. All I could do. I had VHS. It took me a while to get into the digital (laughs) era. (laughs) I like all I could do was just go. (laughs) <laughs> what? <laughs> and she's like, I can't believe you only know Sugar Ray from the Scooby Doo movie. And I'm like, like I'm like walking away, and because like we also had two 16 year olds working tonight, and they were like, What's going on with her? And I was like, Don't fucking ask her if you've ever listened to Sugar Ray. Like just just tell her you've listened to Sugar Ray. And they're like, What are you talking about? They go up and then she goes, I bet you've never listened to them. And then they're like, No, we're 16. And she's like fucking wrecked. (laughs) They're like, No, we're 16. And she goes, See, I knew it. And I'm like, Congratulations, you just said I'm old with more words. Congratulations on being out of touch with what the kids like. Yeah. You, you don't need to keep up with what the kids are into, but you gotta like you gotta think. <laughs> to be fair, this is the same person uh the week that I met her. I think she thought I was younger than I actually am. Oh, that would do it, yeah. And she comes up to me and she's like, you know, she's trying to be like the cool manager. She's like <laughs> You what? She's like, I have a really cool talent. And I said, oh, yeah, what is it? And she goes, give me a Cardi B song. I can rap every word. And I'm like, what? And she goes, yeah, give me any Cardi B song. I can rap every word other than the slurs. And I'm like, what? 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 
on, you you rap Cardi B. I love Cardi B. Start rapping Bodak Yellow. Acapella. She's rapping Cardi B's Bodak Yellow. Acapella. In the makeup store back room. On a Saturday at 8 o'clock in the morning. What the fuck? I've been up for three and a half hours. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then everybody's just like gawked. They're like, <gasps> oh my God, you know all the words of Bodak Yellow oh except the God, slurs. Oh my God, you're 37 and you rap Bodak Yellow. Can you do finesse next? I'm like, can we do our job? <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Oh my God. So she's very like, I want to be in touch, but also I'm like really fucking cool because I'm from the 90s. God, not people who like were around for the culture of the 90s are just really embarrassing. No offense to all of you people older than me. No offense to 90s like, kids. You know, like. I'm not trying to brag. I, I'm uh, I clocked in at 30 this year. Well, last year, technically, McDowell. you know. And, um, Let's go 30. Yeah, right? This is the 30-year-old podcast for 30-year-olds. <laughs> if you don't remember, if, if you don't remember putting those really metal butterfly clips in your hair that ripped your hair out or uh, oh. <laughs> rolled down a hill in Heelys and scraped your knees, then you can't be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you don't remember the Cheerios Millennium Edition. Um, you can't be here. If you weren't afraid of when uh, it turned midnight on January 1st, 2000, because your TV was going to grow arms and legs and eat you alive, you cannot be here. <laughs> Goodbye. If your parents weren't doomsday preppers about Y2K, <laughs> you, you can't be here. here. <laughs> I want to say we had like eight gallons of water in the basement and we had enough canned food. The canned food was a consistent thing that ended up continuing after because it's just kind of convenient. Right. right. But my mom, respect to her, canned enough food to last us for like three months of green beans if we like, if anything happened. I'm about to have a green bean diet. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Man, that's some green toots. But, uh, so speaking of old people. Speaking of old people, um, yeah! This is not my story. I'm stealing this one from my sister. Uh, shout out to Edge. Everyone say hi, Edge. Hi, hi Edge. Edge. Um, Edge used to work at a truck stop. <laughs> and this is back not in the day. the truck stop. <laughs> um, Edge worked the overnight shift at the truck stop. Holy and sh- usually wore an eye patch because she was having a lot of, like, vision issues uh, where instead of wearing corrective lenses, because those can be expensive and she didn't have insurance, her doctor's like, you know, you could just wear an eye patch when you have to work uh, with computer screens, which is most of her life. So mm-hmm. uh, she would just rock an eye patch, flip eyes every now and then, you know, because that was the fun, was coming in with an eye patch. And everyone remembers the eye patch, but no one remembers what eye the eye patch is on. Right. Especially if you change it every day. Know what I'm saying? Right. So. But that's not the important part. The important part is this grizzly-ass trucker comes up to her. My sister, not allowed on this podcast, not 30 years old, you know? <laughs> not 30. Um, 24 this year. Everyone say happy birthday, Edge. Happy birthday. Happy oh, my birthday. God. It's not yet, but it will be by the time she hears about this episode. Edge is only 
uh, will be 24. <laughs> Edge is only 23? Yeah. So at the time, I think Edge was like 20. Okay. 19 maybe. Yes. So Young. This dude comes up. I'm, I'm going to get the picture so that you can, you can get the whole thing. And I'll explain it to everyone else what's happening later. Um, oh, no. What's his name? He's, he's one of those... Okay, I'm just gonna... Oh, fuck. Help me out here, Carly. He's the comedian with the leather jacket. The comedian. Okay, I got it. I got him. Matt Rife. Nope. <laughs> no, fuck Matt Rife. Anyways. I got him. That's a whole episode on its own. Uh, dude, honestly. All right. So, um, this man comes up to my sister, right? And he's like, you know, you young people are so easily offended I bet you don't even know who this guy is. And uh, for the listeners in the audience, just look up Andrew Dice Clay and you'll see this motherfucker in a leather jacket who his whole bit was just being really offensive, right? He was one of those guys. Uh, um, uh, big swear warning, in my opinion, other than the fuck word. Uh, one of his lines was just like, hickory dickory dock, the Russians can suck my cock. You know, like he was that kind of guy. He's yeah. just like a, a crude guy yeah um a lot of off-color jokes that was his thing now my sister not one to be uh upstaged by stupid ass trucker at two in the morning <laughs> was like oh i know him that's the fonz <laughs> and then when she said that she did the a thumb thing she's like that's the fonz and the guy's like no <laughs> Like fucking Squidward ass, no. That's so. <laughs> he just walks away, and my sister's like, "I felt so powerful." He comes at me with a dated reference. I hit him with a different dated reference <laughs> to show, yeah, I know something about the olden times, but I don't know who that is. But also, not for nothing, Andrew Dice Clay and old school Bo Burnham does not compare. <laughs> Old school Bo Burnham with his like depression shit, way worse to listen to than just a guy who's like, I'm about to be so offensive. I'm about to be so offensive. My penis needs sucked. And everybody's like, wow, that's so offensive. <laughs> what? Like, Women, I mean, bitches. Am I right? They're like, what? What the fuck? Hey, send a B word. <laughs> He'd be out here like smoking cigarettes on stage and just be like, hey, I'm Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> Nina and I listened to some of his comedia, his comedia bits, some of his, uh, you know, comedy routines and shit. Yeah. He's he's fine, right? He's yeah. like he's fine. He's, he was... he's fine in the in the same way that like. All edgy comedians from the 90s and 80s were like, yeah, fine. it's like, oh, my God. I remember like there was somebody at the house recently that like was talking about their favorite comedians. And I had mentioned something about how every once in a while I will watch like a Jesselnik special. Oh, I was just about to say you about to talk about Anthony Jesselnik. <laughs> I'm like. You know, I'll watch a Jesselnik special. I see what, you know, the little edgy men on fucking Bumble are watching because they're like, yeah. they're like, you watch comedians, you watch Jesselnik, 
<laughs> are you funny? And I'm like, I'm funny without Jessel Nick, but yeah, I will watch. And there are only two jokes from Jessel Nick that I remember that I'm like, this is very funny. Uh, it's bad, but it's funny. Number one is the shark party bit. God, the shark party bit. Is the one of the great, it's so funny. <laughs> it's the great. It's one of the greatest bits I ever saw on television, and I was lucky enough when I was like fifteen, like fourteen or fifteen years old, to watch the shark party bit live on the Jessalick Offensive. God, that's fantastic. So basically, if whoever does not know the shark party bit, uh, I think Justin had a show called the Jessalick Offensive, and he said if a guy ever died via shark attack. He was going to have a shark party. Well, great. Two weeks into a show, a guy dies by shark attack. And so he hires like fucking burlesque dancers in shark costumes. (laughs) And he's like, let's have a shark party. And then everybody's dancing. And he's like, sharks are really fucking cool. And he's dancing. And then he gets a lap dance from a lady in a shark costume. And at the end, he shows like a picture of the guy who got killed by the shark attack and he's like and here's the motherfucker that we can thank for this smile you son of a bitch (laughs) and then it was like it was like sharks one because he's like here's the score sharks one humans and 50 billion nine hundred twenty six thousand and basically being like yo we kill sharks all the time and sharks are not trying to kill us and fuck you for killing sharks and you know what fuck that guy i'm glad he got killed by a shark uh i thought that was so funny it's, it's objectively so fucking funny <laughs> it's very funny it's very very funny uh and number two the other one uh which is a little more sensitive is when he it was during his like uh his fucking special it's called thoughts and prayers where he talks about the <laughs> the uh <laughs> the eric clapton joke oh my god like the setup for it he's like yeah eric clapton's kid fell out of a window and everybody's like ha 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 ooh!" and he's like now you'll only find that funny if you know who eric clapton is and his son what his clumsy ass son and what happened when the window was open it's just like and it wasn't about like you know ooh, ha ha eric clapton's son died but just the the way he was like You'll only find it funny if you know who Eric Clapton is. And just like the more explaining. Sometimes I feel like people explaining their jokes makes the joke funnier. Honestly, no, I'm 100% there because (laughs) there's plenty of times where a bad joke doesn't land. So then you just have to tell it again four more times, but in a slightly different way. At work the other day, right? Uh Um, I make a not funny joke. It was just like a really middling joke. Yeah. And I'm like... Maybe you didn't hear me. I said, and then I said the joke again. And the guy's like, no, I heard you. And I'm like, no, no, you couldn't have heard me or you'd be laughing. What I said was, and then I said the joke a third time. And the people around are laughing. And this guy's like, it was not funny. And then five minutes pass, right? And then as I send the guy off to do something, I'm like, by the way, what I said, and then I tell the joke a fourth time, everybody is laughing because now it's a bit. It's not just a joke. It's a recurring joke. Sometimes you just need to, you just need to give the, give it a little time to cook. Right. <laughs> jokes land best when you let them cook. Which actually, speaking of cooking uh, and jokes, um, 
a lot of my bits and jokes, um, especially at my like office job, mm-hmm. uh, come from me mishearing things because I'm really good at mishearing things. Oh, um, you gotta. It's the only way to make it through the day. So fuck it's so bad. Like the one the one girl I work with, uh, she was saying something about how she's like, Oh, I gotta well, ooh, I gotta get some extra protein in. Gotta eat my meat. And I like wasn't fully paying attention and I like turned around to her because we're in these like kind of cubicles. Like some of us are in like three-sided cubicles and some of us are in these like semi-open concept desks yeah and so i'm in a qb she's in her open concept and she's like yeah i gotta eat eat my meat and i turned around and i looked at her and i said do you say you gotta eat your feet and she goes what do you think i am a fucking foot biter <laughs> oh my god okay i'm gonna like, say it though what i was like gotta eat my meat not better <laughs> No, and she's like, whatever. She gonna eat my feet, bro. I'm like, I don't know. She's gonna eat my feet, uh, and so like, yeah. <laughs> and so it just became a thing the whole day. Like I'm like sitting there, and you know, she'd be like, okay, guys, I'm gonna go off to lunch. I'm like, okay, go eat your feet, and she's like, shut up. I'm like, I girl, go eat your feet. Um, and then like, you know, like as the day goes by, like. We had, like, somebody was like, hey, guys, we had a meeting, and there's, like, bagels and, like, fucking cream cheese in the foyer, uh, free, first come, first serve, and I was like, ooh, time to eat my feet, <laughs> <laughs> and Emily's like, shut up, and I was like, mm, and I go down, and I, like, get my bagel, and I come up, I'm like, y'all, we want to go eat your feet, she's like, this is nothing to do with feet, those are bagels, <laughs> <laughs> I love her. She's like, those aren't feet, those are bagels. And I was like, I'm just like, hold a bagel. And I'm like, not to eat my feet. She's like, shut <laughs> up! <laughs> shut up! I don't want to eat your feet! Like, the more it was happening throughout the day, because the first was like, no, that's not what I said. But like, at this point, I'm like, mm, gotta eat your feet. Got, you gotta eat your feet. Eat your feet, give me Part that. of a balanced breakfast. <laughs> must be glad i'm not your boss because every one-on-one meeting i'd have with you i'm gonna be like okay girl uh there is a 36 percent increase in your eating of feet oh my god 36 percent increase in the how, eating of feet how do you respond oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, hey! Yeah, let no one say that I'm not making sure that I get my balanced diet of oh, feet. Oh yeah, you, you, you know. You get your footsies, you get your tootsies. You know, you got to make sure you get the whole nine yards here. You know what I'm saying? You get the footsies, you get the tootsies, and if you're really feeling spicy, you get the wootsies. The what's? <laughs> the wootsies, footsie, tootsie, wootsies. What? You oh, a, yeah, you Italian? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, Italian? Okay. You never heard enough footsie. Hey, okay, you need the you need you get the fuck off of my balls here, okay? Listen, you know, I, uh, I actually realized I I thought about like fifteen minutes into this episode, right? Uh huh. I realized I don't do that voice ever. 
Maybe. on any of my other stuff I ever do. But I sit down here. You put a microphone in my hand, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> me and Dice Clay. <laughs> hey, it's me. I'm about to say something offensive. Footsie, tootsie, wootsies. <laughs> Um, your mother's a pussy. I got nothing else. This is the extent of the bit. It's just something offensive to say. And then everyone's like, oh, my goodness, he went there. Ha, 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 ha. I'm a comedic genius. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the same. Uh, it's the same energy. Well, obviously, the energies change. Andrew Dice Clay being offensive. Probably has the same sting as Matt Reif going up on stage and going. I hate women. Yeah, or being like, you're kind of ugly. And it's like, you too. I fucking hate Matt Matt Reif just goes on the stage. He's like, oh, my God, you're a fuckable milf, ain't you? Meet me after the show. You cook these cookies? Man, everyone see this lady? She's mine tonight. <laughs> I kid, I kid. But seriously, come to see me after the show. Anyway, this woman had a black eye. I assume it's because she was beat by her partner because she can't cook. <laughs> it's like... Hey, are those fake tits? I've never seen a guy who people stop talking about quicker than Matt Rife. Because, I mean, he started banning phones from his comedy bits. Yeah. You know? After that, like, people weren't allowed to take their phones in. There's a couple of really, like, middling comedians that do that. And you know it's because they don't want people to know, oh, they don't, I can't let them know that I'm not funny. Yeah. Fuck Matt Rife. Shout out to that uh, fucking... The musical guy with the fucking boopity boop with the auto tune. What the fuck is his name? Shout out to him. He's kind of funny. I like him. Morgan Bo J. Burnham? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Bo Burnham too. He's really, I like Bo Burnham, but shout out to Morgan fucking J. Morgan J. Uh, if you've not, if you've never seen. Morgan I've never J. seen. Uh, Morgan J. He does this like bit where he has like a, like a backing track and he just like. There's like an auto tune thing and he sings, but like he. Uh, the producer's <laughs> trying to get in here so bad. Yeah. Uh, just for context to the viewers, uh, the executive producer really likes to chew on things uh, when he wants attention. So I had to kick him out of the headquarters and he literally has both of his feet underneath the door right now trying to get in. It's kind of adorable, but also it's really funny because it's like, sir, if you didn't chew on things, you'd be allowed to be here and produce. You know, it's producers can't just get away with anything that they want nowadays. This is the age of Twitter. He's going to get fucking canceled. And you know he's what? Just... He's right to get canceled. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my god, he's like, bye bye, see you. Um, You're never working in this town again, buddy. I'm putting that on Twitter. <laughs> he's like, I'm like, laying you bitches the fuck off. Um, no, but Morgan J does this, like, this thing. Like, his big bit is, like, he does this song where he's like, can I get an LOL or an LMFAO or a Ja 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 if you're Spanish? And... He'll like, 
point the microphone at other people to have them sing the parts. And then whenever it gets to the ja 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 of your Spanish, he'll point to a white guy and then he'll go ja ja. And then the, he'll pull it back and be like, what the fuck? Are you Spanish? <laughs> are you fucking Spanish? What are you? And like, I'm a white guy. Like, then you're not supposed to fucking sing it. God, I love it. I love oh it. Oh, my God. Let me see. I know people always say, like, oh, Matt Rife is so good at, like, fucking, you know, whatever, fan, whatever. Crowd work? Crowd work. Uh, but, like, Morgan does it so good. Like, there's the one here where he's, like, there's, like, a couple, and there's a couple, and the girl's, like, really shy, but her boyfriend is, like, really into it, and she's, like, not singing, but he's just, like, my name is Ryan. <laughs> uh, there's another one where he asked what uh, their favorite position, like sex position was. And then they just sing like doggy. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> I will send it to you now for later. Oh. <laughs> what an opening. <laughs> I don't know how to send it on my uh, thingy. Well, we'll figure it out. Anyways, um, that's not important. Um, you know, it, sometimes people think someone who's really mid at crowd work is great. And you don't realize how wrong they are till you see someone who's really good with crowd work. Like, I know I personally ass at crowd work. I got nothing. If people aren't mm-hmm. like jiving with what i'm doing i don't know what else to do would well i mean because like all my humor is based off of like riffing with people which Uh you would think would lend itself really well to crowd work right right but here's the thing about riffing i'm not giving the crowd a microphone to riff back (laughs) (laughs) you know I don't want to hear what they have to say. They can shut up and laugh. And meanwhile, I got you here and I hand you the microphone and then I can be like, the podcast <laughs> audience, am I right? Shut up and laugh. <laughs> and then, you know, back and forth. We're just having our good time. Right. It's like, <laughs> see, for me, it's very like, if I have like jokes, if I have a joke set up and people stop laughing and they're not laughing, I turn into fucking like, so what about that fucking airplane food, man? <laughs> so about fucking What's M- the deal food? with airplane food? <laughs> That's me. Like, I'll I'll land a joke. Like, I'll I'll think I'll land in something so fucking good. Like, especially at work. Oh my god. Like, do I want to be taken seriously as a professional? Yes. Do I fucking ruin it by opening my mouth? Yeah, sure. Here's the thing, though. There's no like, fun in being taken seriously as a professional. If they, it's it's the exact same thing as people who are like, you don't know the good times without bad times to highlight them. Mm-hmm. You don't shine as bright as a professional without people knowing. Oh, Carly. Yeah, Carly's really funny, and look at how she locks it down at work. Mm-hmm. You know, people know that you're a good worker because you joke around sometimes where you're like, but, you know, I kid, I kid. We got to really focus on this right yeah. now. And then you do. That's the big catch is you do. Yeah. You know? It's a really important skill to balance. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, I was just talking to somebody recently, and I was like, 
I want to be a professional with a personality. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be like like my desk when you go like into the like into the building I work in and like you see my little desk. Like, I got like magnets of cats as like Renaissance paintings. Oh, I love that. I have like a little like little froggy notebook that I take to all of my meetings. So it's like me and my little froggy notebook. Uh, I've got little plants. I've got fun little uh, push pins on my cork board. I have my cat calendar that everybody can see the cat in a month. Like, I have little trinkets and turtles and shit that I found throughout the office. Um, you so, got to have personality in the workspace. But that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that's me. But, like, but anyways. Yeah, Time like, to eat your feet. Yeah, eat your feet. But, like, I'll, like, I'll make a joke. Because, like, most of my, like, like executives are, you know, 40s, 50s, yeah. 60s. I just forget but like that's the thing like i'm like 90 percent myself in my workplace Mm -hmm. and i'll go up to like you know fucking mike like the guy who's like three positions up from me so he's like my bosses if i had one bosses bosses boss Mm -hmm. uh and (laughs) mike will be like carly how you doing? And I'm like, time to eat your feet, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I like look at him and I'll be like, "Well, Mike, it's a beautiful day to play golf." And he goes, "You golf?" And I go, "No." <laughs> and he goes, "Why'd you say you wanted to play golf?" And I said, "I could play a mean mini golf." And he goes, um, I meant golf, golf. And I'm like, oh, I'm fucking blowing it. I'm fucking blowing it. Uh, what the, with airplane food, Mike? <laughs> what the fuck is it with airplane food, Mike? I, I crumble. Whenever things are, that's not what I'm talking about. God, like, it's so funny because you could have gotten a promotion right then and there if you played golf. I could have fucking... I could have been the white man. You'd have been like, oh my God, Carly, you play golf? And you could have been like, oh, I don't want to brag, but I get the highest score every time. And then he <laughs>, laughs and you laugh and boom. <laughs> well, the only other the only other time I made a joke about golf was with my boss's 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 boss. So Mike's You boss. really know who to play the golf jokes with. Mike's boss. Well, anybody over 50, golf. Yeah. Yeah, frankly. If you see a professional white man over... Pro tip for everybody uh, listening to podcasts. Yeah. If you know a professional white man over the age of 50. Any white guy who wears a suit to work. Or wears polo and Dickies cargo pants. Golf. Hmm. <laughs> golf. The weather. Like these, these are my, these are my top three. You cannot go wrong with these top three conversation starters. Believe me, I mm-hmm. see so many 50-year-old white men. Number one, the weather. Mm-hmm. Number- Everyone loves talking about the weather. Uh, the weather slash it's Tuesday or like whatever day it is. Be like, oh, how you doing today? It's Tuesday. What the fuck does that mean? But you know when to say it. You know when not to say it and you know when to say it. So you kind of know. Yeah. But like... You don't know. And it's like, hey, yo, uh, how did I learn this? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's Tuesday. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? 
So, number one, the weather slash what day it is. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Number two, golf. Those motherfuckers love golf. Mm-hmm. And number three, talk about how busy you are. Fuck. How you doing, Carly? Oh, man, I tell you, I'm so busy today. Yeah. Oh, tell me about it. I can't even get in a round of golf right now. <laughs> Because it's a gorgeous day for it. Boom. You hit go- him with the trifecta. It's These a- guys are butter in your hands. Literally. The downside, you do need to know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, this is my issue anytime I bring up football at work. Because <laughs> uh, for those of you who uh, are listening to this, not uh, the day it drops, the Super Bowl just happened. Yeah. Those, and- the, the, what is it? What What do they call it? The Taylor Swift game? Oh, yeah. Uh, the big T-Swift outing. Uh, you know, the NFL's rigged so that Taylor Swift's boyfriend can win uh, because question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> if Taylor Swift's airplane leaves Tokyo at 8 a.m. <laughs> God, I love the number of people who were trying to explain to me that she wasn't going to make it to the game because she had a concert in Tokyo the same day. But it's clear that they had no concept of the international dateline. <laughs> it's like, nah, man. Nah, you're a. You go back far enough and it flips into the day before, you know? <laughs> Literally. Time travel, bitch. It was so funny. It's great. Yeah, like back when Hulk Hogan used to wrestle 600 days a year because of all the flying he did between <laughs> Japan and America. Oh, fucky. Oh, fuck Hulk Hogan. But, um, oh, God. It was really dangerous for me this year for, like, no good reason. Mm-hmm. Because usually, Super Bowl and the playoffs always good i kept an eye on my boys the birds eagles got wiped by the chiefs very sad they super strong opening season really shitty end of season rest in peace. we saw it going rest in peace jason kelsey rest in peace jason kelsey my I, favorite kelsey i love you and your wife so true so true <laughs> anyways um but you know um but i it's a it's a safe thing if someone comes in in a leather 49ers jacket that has the fucking super bowls like sewn onto it whether they won i know that i can say hey man you pretty excited for the ball (laughs) you know safe as hell to say if it's a a reasonably fit white guy who's just there i i could be like so you excited for the bowl this weekend you know normal things to say right i picked the wrong reasonably fit white guy Cause I'm like, hey man, so uh, you excited for the bowl tomorrow? Who you got? And he's like, oh, and then he just like stops. He's like, I'm assuming you're asking me because you're a bit of a football fan. And I'm like, uh, kinda. Uh-huh. You know, I watch the Super Bowl. I have a team, and I don't watch a single game in the regular season. I'm a great fan, you know. Uh-huh. And um, this guy's like, well, you know. If you look at personnel, the 49ers have this beat. 49ers got the talent. And I'm like, so true, so true. And he's like, but the system. And I thought he was going to talk about the system being rigged for Taylor Swift's amusement. And I was like, I was already checking out. And I'm like, I don't know about that. He's like, the system that the Chiefs run is really good. And their system could beat the talent of the 49ers. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. If system beats talent 10 times out of 10, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. sure. And he's like, but you know, I'm just excited for a good game. But you know, if, if my money's on it, 
I think the Chiefs are going to beat the 49ers because they got the system down, the system to win. And I'm just like, what happened, man? I was just saying, who you got for the bowl, huh? You know, you just I asked 300 people this weekend who you got for the bowl, you know? <laughs> who you got in the bowl? And everyone's like, oh, you putting money on it? I'm like, nah, I'm just wondering who you got for the bowl. And they're like, I hate both teams. I want them both to lose. And I'm like... Me too, because of course, yeah. could you just agree with these people? There's yeah. no reason to be like, nah, man, I'm really excited for the game. Nah, man, I don't care about either of the teams either, so I'm going to be like, I don't want either of them to win. And then for everyone who's not in Chiefs wear, I say, I'm not going to lie, I kind of want the 49ers to win. And every single person goes, yeah, you know what, me too. I, I had uh, blah, 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 We my team had our victory, blah, 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 blah. And everyone comes around to saying, Really wanted Detroit to be in there, though. And I'm like, yeah, I was really hoping for the Lions. And they're, they're like, oh, but you know, you know, if it can't be Detroit, at least it can be the 49ers. They can have it. <laughs> but, you know, Detroit had a great season. I'm like, I'm hoping for them next year. It's such an easy conversation yeah. to riff with. Up yeah. until you get to a guy who's like, I'm assuming you're asking me that because you like football. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Wrong guy. <laughs> I'm going to say something. Uh, please do not repeat the name uh, because I am going to censor this name out. The way that you described this man reminds me of when it drawing i made and then he would come up and be like i'm assuming oh, because you're talking about art i'm assuming you're talking about art well luckily you're talking to me i am art the artist i still can't get over when he posted on facebook that picture of himself with him in the mirror and he's like i am art and then quoted himself oh my god i did forget about that that is my Ooh, that oh, is that my stings. that is my favorite uh, former church associate moment. Yeah, that's great. One of my favorite former church um, associate moments. My favorite is when he uh, he messaged me on Instagram one time because I was at the time living in a bumfuck nowhere. Yes, uh, you know, and I'm at the gas station um, grabbing some like. A, like a, a energy drink or something and getting gas before work. And there's this, there's this pickup truck that the bed was rusted off and replaced with plywood uh-huh. as you do. Uh-huh. Um, a wooden bed truck is a normal thing to see, but this one big plywood walls that said God guns Trump <laughs> and a, a really shittily spray painted American flag, no. you know, red, white, and blue letters, stars, and a bad American flag. And I, Take a picture of it. I post it to my Instagram story, and I'm like, this is so embarrassing to see. Uh-huh. And this kid just responds to my story with, America, with the flag emoji and the sunglasses emoji. Ew. I'm like, how are you misreading the vibes so hard? Yeah. I already have unfollowed you. I unfriended you on Facebook. I'm allowing you to follow me because I like having my follower ratio like that, you know, because... You know, someone told me once that it helps your analytics. 
that's see, I was so close to just like dipping off the deep end and all that shit at one point in my life. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, you know, you were gonna and, uh, be an influencer. I had a podcast for like five years, Carly. I did my time. That is true. <laughs> I, I tried. It's true. I got another one still. You know, like you so. I guess we're talking like six years of podcasting. Yeah. Oh fucking hell, man. <laughs> Seven if you count the overlaps. Eight if you count the overlaps. Overlaps? Yeah, because I had two going at the same time for That's a while. Oh, boy. But, you know, like, yeah, I just like, I don't know how the guy can misread so hard. At, uh, when I went to Comic-Con, he had a table set up there. Yep, and I, I guess he there. tried to say hi to me, but I didn't hear him. So I accidentally gave him like the sickest cold shoulder of my <sighs> life. And I only know this because my wife had to talk to him. <laughs> oh, my God. R.I.P. Nina. Sorry for putting you in that conversation. Because the guy comes up and he's like, oh, I tried to say hi to Noah. He must not have heard me. And it's like, I actually didn't because I like to talk a big game. I am not brave enough to, like, flat out ignore these people in my day-to-day life. Uh-huh. You know? Um like there's this one guy who um, <laughs> um he comes into my job every now and then and um he does try to avoid me and it's very funny but he he came to my uh, home store back in the day and he was it was after I'd yelled at him because I had just exited the church in a dramatic fashion right uh-huh. and uh <laughs> hit me with this half-hearted oh sorry if i was ever one of the people who hurt you and i'm like i don't know how you wouldn't have known you know um so i run into him at work and i like this is miserable for me i was like sick afterward i was not feeling great about it year and a half goes by i'm at a different store because i was floating at the time Uh man walks in and buys another cheap bottle of rum and i'm just like hey man how you doing he's like I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm like, good to hear. Me too. And uh, he uh, did not make conversation that time, uh, to which uh, I feel like I won. Because he was so awkward, he would not make conversation with me. And in fairness, why would he? I uh, literally told him, hey, man, I don't like you. (laughs) (laughs) But he hasn't unfriended me yet because I think he's being the bigger man making me unfriend him first. Yeah. Uh, jokes on you, buddy. I unfollowed you years ago, so I don't see anything unless I look for it. Literally, oh my god, it is. It's really interesting. Uh, it's really interesting to kind of see like what people in our past circles like. I still, I am not like. I don't have the fucking time nor the energy to fucking go through my Facebook page, which I barely go on anymore. Right. Like, to unfriend these people. But the church group fucking loves Facebook. So I love to keep them. Like, I'm nosy as all fucking shit. And I love to just scroll. See what's up. Oh, See what that's got to be depressing as hell. I only do it for like 15, 20 minutes. Like, it's not like a full hour because, listen, 
How much of it is just people being like, hey, who's doing anything? I really miss these hangouts we used to do. Yeah, that's a that's a kind of solid or like, you know, lots of like sharing photos from 10 years ago and are like, Mm. I miss this so much. I wish we could get the the gang back together. And I'm like, and like half the gang is out of state. At least two percent of the gang is in prison. And, uh, you know, I'd say half of the leftovers left the church. (laughs) uh, I'd say like instead of two percent in prison, I'd say five percent or either prison or offenders. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, prison or offender. Yeah. If you open it up to or offenders, the number goes up a lot. It's like five, uh, five, six percent. Um. Yeah, twenty five percent of us are uh, no longer part of the life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Man, I was I was talking about that last night. Actually, mm-hmm. not to get like too uh, theological on your no, podcast here. Uh, where that's I, fine. We where like... I was doing a whole Andrew Dice Clay bit. <laughs> <laughs> we in go the Italian voice. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it was one of those things where um, you know, that was that was like. 27 28 years of my life you know it's yeah it's, it's nothing that's gonna get like removed quickly mm-hmm. like i have a friend who was like going in seminary and they didn't even remember what the doxology was after being gone for three years uh-huh. like conceptually not not even remembering the words because i don't need you to remember praise god from whom all blessings flow praise him all creatures here below praise him above you heavenly hosts praise father son and holy ghost amen 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 I don't need you to remember that if you've been gone from the church for a while, but I do need you to remember what the doxology is conceptually, you know, because uh-huh. uh, there was a ska song that had the doxology in it. And I thought it was really funny. Makes sense. It makes sense. But, okay. um, you know, that's a little flexing for all of you. <laughs> um, you know, I'm that's not going to come out of my head for a long ass time. Yeah. Right. And what ended up happening to me when I decided to exit the church was I realized what I had taken away from the teachings of the church was not actually being reflected in the church. You know, when you're, when you're raised and um, I don't know how universal this experience was for all like church kids, but my parents taught me that being a Christian was about caring for other people because Jesus said to take care of people. Mm -hmm. And my parents told me that, you know, the whole gist of it was love your neighbor as yourself take care of other people support your church community and everyone around you go out into the world blah 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 blah. right right so what i took away from that is i became a communist because <laughs> it's like oh you're supposed to take care of people cool and then suddenly you take care of people too much and people are like well look at this guy what's he up to and that was, firstly, very funny initially. But the more time I spent dealing with these people who are like, and I know you guys don't do politics on here, so I'm, I'm trying to keep that element of it light. But that was yeah. like, uh, old Donnie T was a big factor. Yeah. Uh, his um, chokehold on the evangelical church was insane. Yeah. And that really, really hurt my uh, my time toward the end, especially. Yeah. And... I um when I exited what I realized uh shout out to Abraham you're not listening to this podcast but a shout out to you buddy in a good way not in a bad way What's up babe Um they were constantly um 
talking about Buddhism around me, uh-huh. I realized most of my takeaways from Christianity were 100% over, able to overlap with Buddhism. Turns out I was accidentally kind of Buddhist the whole time. <laughs> so... <laughs> When I was like, you know what? I do not die. I don't jive with what the church is doing. I don't like that the guy who's standing up there and reads out of the Bible and tells like a a sermon where like a key part of it is Kanye West put out his Jesus album. So maybe we could all be a little more like Kanye West closed on Sunday. You're my Chick-fil-A. You know, it's that's just number funny. One but number one with the lemonade, but you know, he had some other stuff on there too, and it makes you think maybe he actually is. No, man, it was a classic Kanye West mood swing. The man's actually like certifiably crazy and really does need help, and it's really devastating to see him do all the shit he's doing right now because I I loved the guy's stuff. It's really really sad, especially when. But like. You know, I'm listening to the pastor who's talking about that shit. I'm hearing him spin an entire sermon out of that. And it's like, this is not... I shouldn't need to sit here for 45 minutes to listen to this. Mm. This is not something I need to be doing. Yeah. And simultaneously, a bunch of other people... Like, I had a pastor once who said, depression is you not being grateful for what God has given you. And that pissed me off to no end i was because i was in a bad spot in my life at the is time. that liquor store guy's wife no liquor store guy's wife because liquor store guy's wife also had a sermon where she talked about how you don't need antidepressants no, oh, <laughs> no, no, no. all you have to do is pray to jesus jeez i was thinking about like a co-worker for a second i'm like huh co-worker's wife who's a pastor no 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 not not uh not that person no okay no so um you know <laughs> this was a different guy okay um so when then when i said what the hell and they're like hey look out and i'm like oh sorry can't say what the hell uh go to hell <laughs> and i got in trouble for that one i also got in trouble for saying a guy was being a jackass because he hit me with a door that's a whole thing um, you know, church is great. Uh, but you know, all that stuff came together to make me realize these guys are, um, stupid. And if we're reading the same book and I get a different impression of it, we should be able to have like a dialogue about this to use a corporate word for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you should go back to this topic. We should be able to circle nice, back and have a nice, dialogue. healthy dialogue where we actually can like debate theologically. Uh, what do you think this means? Because I had a man say, that because he's a, a Bible absolutist who says every word of the Bible, when he says it is literal and every word is God breathed, he means it like with his whole chest. Ew. So he tells a parable where one of the lines was, and everyone did something. And he's like, Do you hear that? Everyone everyone did that and it's like uh, you know buddy i don't think that he literally means everyone in the book of poetry during the parable where um jesus is up uh telling people don't throw rocks at this uh, prostitute over here and everyone set down their stones and walked away you know like whatever example he had pulled out where yeah. everyone was used and it's like man when they say everyone they don't mean everyone in the city. Right. They just mean a very large group of people was like, oh, my goodness. OK. And then they backed off. Right. You know. And that type of shit, it all came together with me exiting the faith and realizing 
none of what I believe has changed. I just don't think that God and Jesus are up there holding a gun to the situation saying, remember to be good and help people. Right. Which is, um, before any of the Christians get at me, yes, it is a disingenuous way to look at it. I know. I did it for 28 years. I'm allowed to have a little bit of disingenuous example as a treat. Right. When you put in the time like I did, you can also do it. Right. (laughs) I'll cut you a deal. You can say an ignorant thing about agnostic people. Wait, you already do. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like, and you know, it's nothing. Nothing changed for me. No, all that changed for me was I didn't have to go somewhere every Sunday to prove to everyone else there that I was a good person. Because not to, not to like, kind of like, you know, pump up my own like, whatever here. I think of myself as a decently good person. I do my best to be, you know. And nothing about how I felt about the world changed. When the church was taken out of the picture, because I still believe that you should be taking care of your fellow man because shit, dude, we're on the big rock and there's nothing else going except for taking care of each other and having fun while we're here. Yeah. That's like the whole thing. Yeah. There's nothing else to be done. So why am I going to let a Bible tell me that uh, actually because you are gay, I have to make you not gay before I can actually like you and hang out with you? Right. Nah, man, I'm going to still try and better your life because that actually doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? It's it's very, because um, I know we haven't actually, we haven't actually talked about religion on the podcast in a very long time. I think, honestly, since like episode eight. Damn. We haven't brought up like religion or anything, which is like you're welcome, everyone. Throwback episode. Throwback to like religion. Um, no. <laughs> Y'all remember that? Crazy, <laughs> cringe. Anyway, but, <laughs> no, but like I think it's still important to kind of like, you know, because like I've mentioned that you know this is something that we would talk about every once in a while. We just don't bring it up as much as we used to. But, mm-hmm. um, no, I think it's important like i know for me like a part of the reason why like i keep those people on my facebook and like scroll through and i read these like bigoted like nasty like just really ass backwards fucking commentary about the world Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with the lens of like god Mm -hmm. in a way like it sounds terrible, but in a way for me, it's like, whoo, well, God, I'm not like them. Like there is a certain whew. amount of keeping an eye on it to almost remind yourself where you came from and where you should not go back to. Yeah. And like, cause there's nothing, nothing more disgusting than the kind of bigotry that misplaced religion can, uh, give you. Yeah. You know, you really just, when you know, Without a doubt that you are right and everyone who's wrong is going to hell. Yeah. You really overstep a lot of people's boundaries in doing that because, well, the boundary is you're going to hell. I'm sorry. I'm just your good friend trying to save you from that. And it's really difficult to explain to people. Yeah. Actually, it's really offensive that you think I'm going to hell just because I don't like, you know, the stick man as much as you do. Right. It's. I know for me, like, I'm I'm a big, like, what if type person of, like, oh, what if 
what if I stayed in this or what if I did this instead of this? Yeah. And and sometimes every once in a while, like not that I not that I ever think of my decision and like regret that mm-hmm. because ultimately like I there was a guy that I went to high school with who actually uh, reached out to me recently um, asking about my experience in the church because he's still, you know, a, a church guy. And I said, listen, like, if you're willing to have, like, an honest conversation and you're not trying to, like, you know, reindoctrinate me, mm-hmm. I will be more than happy to discuss with you my experiences in the church. Yeah. And who knows like you're saying you want to try and make the church better for people that's great i'm glad you want to hear somebody who's gonna you know give you an honest opinion uh of what's going on but um i guess my point is you know i'm very much like what if what if i stayed what if uh you know what if i like didn't like what if i decided to stay and just you know went along with it um and so seeing posts from them you know like i said with these like nasty opinions oh yeah uh, nasty opinions like i i remember what i used to be like yeah i remember back when i was in uh cosmo school i was known as noah the christian for some reason (laughs) Um, which was wild because that was really not something I was trying to like make really loud about myself. Right. Uh, but I was also like willing to talk about it a little bit. And, um, this one kid came up to me and he's gay Mm -hmm. and he said, so am I going to hell? And I'm like, well, I guess according to like Christianity, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then someone else who also said they were Christian came up and said, you're not going to hell. There's nothing about. And he's like, I'm just nervous about it. And I'm like, you can't because I'm a I'm a big fan of the argument. I cannot judge you against the rules I hold for myself when you don't know the rules. Right. Right. Like. If you don't have an understanding of the game we're both playing, then we're not playing the same game. Right. And I think everyone's like, if the big if, if heaven and hell are real, everyone's going to be judged on their own merit in that world. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, C.S. Lewis in this regard. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever read any of the Narnia books, Mm -hmm. uh, but in the last Narnia book, uh, the devil is there. And there's um, the definitely not Muslim guys. (laughs) who worship the devil mm-hmm. problematic c.s lewis canceled 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 <laughs> um but this man lived his life as a good man who did good acts for people and aslan says uh you can't do good things for the devil any good things you did in his name you actually did for me even though you didn't know it and i always thought that was because he's like why am i in heaven your heaven I should not be in your heaven. I don't believe what you believe, you know, but it's, I always thought that that was actually kind of like a really kind of a cool thing, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's like, yeah, you know what? You like on one hand, there's the Christianity. You can't earn your way into heaven. On the other hand, 
if God truly exists and is an omni omnipotent like omnipotent omnipresent, um, omnipresent being then he's going to be up there and be like, hey, I know that uh, the people who did things in my name kind of screwed things over for you. So I just wanted you to know, I see what you're doing and I understand and you're doing OK. Yeah. You know, because in in my mind, that's kind of how it would work, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so that's how I've chosen to uh, figure most of this stuff's going to play out. If hey, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And frankly, if the man upstairs doesn't play by like rules that are understandable because like you cannot set out the those type of strict rules in a world where people do not understand the there's no way to comprehend the gravity of eternity yeah you literally can't it's it's too big it is too late in the night for me to be like holding on to a normal conversation line and i do apologize about that no you're fine but uh you know it's it's impossible for normal people to have a grasp of the idea of eternity it is too big yeah it's just huge mm-hmm. people will say that they do but they really don't they only no. have an idea when they're like oh what would it would be like if you stubbed your toe forever that could be hell uh which is where you're going if you don't believe in jesus and donate 10 percent of your gross annual revenue pre-tax yeah and it's like if god doesn't understand that his own people screwed this up Don't Thank God I don't believe in the whole system anyway, because yeah. uh, damn, that that sucks, man. Yeah. The best you can do is really just do the best you can and hope everyone else is doing that too and not trying to like hamstring everyone else on the way. Right. Yeah. Well, the big thing that I noticed too with like, this is turning into like old friends criticize cast like mm-hmm. uh but or whatever you want to say the critic cast um the thing that like between the, the critics welcome to the between you critics podcast when we talk about our previous I'm life martin luther king <laughs> <laughs> and here's the 95 reasons i don't like you <laughs> <laughs> no but like the big thing that i noticed too is that like recently i think i had a conversation with somebody about it because they were saying like oh well because you left the church does that mean that your morals and values as a person have changed? And the way that I was like responded was no. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't believe that my morals and values as a person have changed. I actually do feel like my, like I feel like I can live truer to the morals and values of like, that's a hundred percent how I felt too. God and Jesus is as like, you know, a deity and as a person uh, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, because you know what i was taught you know i didn't grow up in like a you know like a bible household or whatever but Mm -hmm. i explored that like i explored religion on my own at like 14 um and so i was in it for like 10 15 years yeah and so going from you know traditional methodist to non-denominational evangelical like whatever like i got to see a lot of different like spectrums of what the church is like um and what those people were like but ultimately regardless of where i went it was more solidified in the traditional methodist church than it was in you know our sector of things the assemblies the assemblies i'm not gonna lie to you i was never really down with the assemblies they were a little too weird for me (laughs) 
one girl would run around and like scream in the middle of the Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a whole that, that our experience of that is like a whole nether like that's like a part two. Yeah. But that's a lot. But ultimately like the things that like were the same for the most part mm-hmm. were things like, you know, being compassionate to people and yeah. uh showing kindness to others and you know being slow to anger and you know uh lending a helping hand when you're able to and those are the those and many others are the morals and values and you know how i wanted to show you know who god is to other people yeah not throw fucking Leviticus in their face and say you're going to hell for wearing mixed fucking fabrics. Like, <laughs> if that's what... what... God, that's so funny, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you eat shrimp and you have a polyester shirt, so you're going to hell. Yeah, so it's like... For me, it was... I mean, especially after the 2016 election, I could go on and on about the day that, like, I don't know what the fuck happened... It was like the fucking light bulb was like finally screwed in. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It was like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like, we were at a, the fucking, we were at our church event. I don't know if you were there for this that day, but there was a guy who went up and it was the day of the 2016 election. And he was talking about how, uh, how to use your, uh, your vote. Uh, in a God-honoring way, but the guy who was talking wasn't talking about how you should vote Republican because he was like, this isn't about voting Republican or Democrat because, Mm -hmm. you know, and I thought it was really good. It was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, And then we go in to the kitchen because we had some, like, Nicaragua uh, donation dinner or something for some missionary, which I have a whole other fucking opinion about missions. Yeah, that mm, I tell you, that's the... That's the thing that I changed my mind on the most when I left the church Uh was, oh, missions actually is awful. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so, you know, they start praying. And I remember the one guy praying praying for the meal. But then he starts talking about how um, he's praying for God to comfort Hillary Clinton's family uh, for Trump's impending victory. And mind you, they're still counting the votes. Yeah. They, nobody's been declared yet. And I remember, like, you know, being a good little Christian lady and having my fucking eyes closed. I'm like, I just want my fucking spaghetti. Mm-hmm. My fucking spaghetti that you overcooked in the fucking prego sauce that you threw in a fucking pot for what? $10 for these missionaries to go take some pictures with some impoverished children and go, look guys, we read those storybooks. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Except for one of them. Shout out Jessica Tella. Anyways, because what? they were there. They were there. Uh, it, that's really funny because Jess could tell uh, they were there that day. Even at the time, Jess was not religious. I don't know what Jess was doing with that group. Uh, oh, what? The, yeah, I don't know what the hell they were but doing. But I remember, you know why? It's because Jess believes in the mission of 
helping people. Yeah. This is something that Jess has done multiple times because I believe the Nicaragua trip, because I remember details about that. The Nicaragua trip was also about like helping with like city infrastructure and shit like that, like uh-huh. helping build shit. Yeah. And that's why Jess was like sold on it. Yeah. Shout out to Jess. I love them. <sighs> they ate. But anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, they also ate that spaghetti. But yeah, so they're these guys, not Jess, praying over Trump's victory. And I remember peeping my eyeball open like this. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And I'm like looking. And if you guys don't know, the evangelical church, they're very, um, at least like the group that we were in, were very like vocal during prayer. So they would do like an agreeance. Or, like, a response. So, if somebody mm. was like... Amen. Yeah. But they're like... Yes, Lord. I'm, uh, Donald Trump is going to win this presidency. You'd hear 10 people go, mm, yes. I'm like, why are we voting? Like, like, mm. like... <laughs> no, that was so... It was always... It's like, awful. Yeah. No. Like, whenever people... Like, I remember, like, multiple times we would go to, like these like healing worship services in like another oh, yeah. in like another state and the wave or whatever the fuck that was yeah and like we'd be sitting in this room with like hundreds of people and then you know somebody would be like this guy has a broken foot and i'm praying for his foot and then people would be like mm, yeah god heal his foot oh, that like, stuff was so like, mm. uncomfortable and i'm like why i'm like why are we but anyways i'm getting back to my i'm getting sidetracked my main point is like i just remember like this fucking light bulb moment like Mm -hmm. when whenever people say when was the moment that you decided that you needed to start rethinking things it was the day of the fucking 2016 election and i need to thank a fucking bald guy who works at an electric company for fucking switching my light bulb thanks buddy um right and now you're the fucking one of the worst out of all of them and so yeah that bit about uh the guy who was like i would sexually satisfy you elon musk was not this guy <laughs> it was an actual guy uh, but it was not this guy however this guy also would do that he very much is like sometimes i wonder if he uh loves elon musk more than his wife tweets at him enough he tweets at him so much but it's just it's just crazy so yeah like i know earlier i was mentioning like you know basically like going through facebook and seeing people's like opinions and shit and honestly like it's really sucky of me to say but especially in the moments where i'm like yo i feel like a piece of shit and i feel like a shitty human being mm-hmm. even though i know i'm doing my best uh i'm like i feel like a really shitty person and then i go on facebook and then i like and you see the real shitty people and then i scroll real shitty yeah and then i scroll and i see you know people talking about how fucking you know the fucking poor people benches that you know oh yes that you can't sleep on that you can't sleep on those are good and how you know like basically being like fuck poor people i tell this story all the time about that guy specifically he used to tell me that the uh the city bus loses money every year and it's not a sound investment for the city especially when uber exists and we should just make people uber everywhere like that's not insanely expensive 
Yeah. That's insanely fucking expensive. This guy's a, like really stupid. He's really hateful person. Fucking stupid. And and he's bald. Um so if you feel like you're balding, he's fucking bald. And ugly. Don't be like him. Yeah, and ugly. I don't know why they were <laughs> Sorry, full opinion. Don't understand why so many girls had a crush on him during our time. And they're like, do you think he's cute? And I'm like, no. And granted, I do like bald men, but not this kind of bald. I knew he was stinky. I knew he was stinky and nasty. <laughs> I could sniff it. Fucking electricity, but not in the hot way. But like, ew. But anyways, yeah. He's electric. Ewey, ewey, ewey. <laughs> <laughs> lucky for me but it's it's just so we it's so interesting and weird just to like see all these people that like i respected mm-hmm. and cared for as friends and for the most part who i thought respected and cared for me as a friend mm-hmm. and obviously like i have grown i have learned so i don't say this out of like animosity or like holding a grudge against them because ultimately something that I feel the Bible teaches the Bible teaches that ultimately forgiveness is about yourself mm-hmm. um, more than you know like if you do wrong for me I think it's more important for me to forgive you internally than mm-hmm. for me to tell you I forgive you yes that is not that yeah forgiveness is a is an internal thing and forgiveness does not mean you need to accept when people do things to you. It just means that you need to be at peace with the fact people never even need to apologize. Yeah. And it's really important that you understand that to live a happy, like, productive life. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're going to be... It's it's like the, it's a, the fucking victim mindset issue, yeah. right? Um, yeah. You can't live like that. You will not be happy. Mm. You need to hit a point where... It sounds really shitty, right? But mm-hmm. y- you got to grow up and understand the world isn't fair. But not in the way that your shitty Gen X boss says, well, life isn't fair. Yeah. Not in the way that your obnoxious parents say, life isn't fair sometimes. Not in the way that the grumpy old man who actually had the world handed to him on a silver fucking platter says, well, you know, life isn't fair. You should have just stopped eating avocado toast. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Life isn't fair. But life is not fair. No. And people who have wronged you don't always know. And when if you talk to them about it, it's like the classic thing of, hey, parent, I did not have a great childhood. Well, what do you expect me to do about it? Well, that's not a productive conversation all the time. You can have the conversation, but you need to, especially if you're having a better relationship with your parents now, you don't need to bring that stuff up. Right. You need to be at peace with yourself knowing... They didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. And even if they did, that's not the point right now. You know, they yeah. didn't mean to. They're not doing it anymore. And you need to move past that if possible. And there's going to be plenty of people who will hear this and say, my situation. And it's like, no. All situations are like this where you're not going to get the apology that you need from someone who really seriously wronged you. Mm-hmm. You need to hit a point where you internally are like, this sucks. I hate that this happened, but I'm not going to hold on to it. Right. You don't even need to forgive the person. You just need to let it go. Mm -hmm. That's not the same as forgiving. That's just letting it go. And that's okay. Right. 
Because as you, if you can live your life without the, God, I feel like I'm like big Joe Rogan. Like I just hit a huge weed right now. And I'm like saying <laughs> obvious shit, you know, but if you can be so much happier, if you live your life taking accountability for your feelings, the world's not going to tiptoe around how you feel. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so shitty to say that. And I hate saying that out loud because God, I hate when people say it because <laughs> the kind of people that say it, you know, the kind of people that say it, Yeah. but the world doesn't tiptoe around how you feel, who you are, what your problems are. So you need to make sure that you are as at peace with the situations of your life as possible. I used to be such a angry, grumpy guy. Carly knows this. Yeah. I was grumpy <laughs> Noah, who Carly thought hated her. Yeah. And I thought Carly was funny. But I was really tired one night. So when Carly did something funny, I made some face or something. Carly thought, oh, my God, that guy thinks I'm the most annoying person on planet Earth. And then Carly, back before Kanye was super problematic, shared a really funny Kanye meme on Facebook that I thought was fucking hilarious. And me and Carly went back and forth with that. And we had a great time. And that's when we became friends. That's when we became really good friends. (laughs) Especially because we both got to dunk on this person who's like, I think Kanye's ego is big enough actually and i think it's really sad that so many people are giving him attention and i really don't think that these facebook trends are actually helpful because we don't need to give him more attention i'm like wow buddy you get grumpy kanye (laughs) because that wasn't funny (laughs) that was so good and that's like (laughs) she did not respond with a grumpy kanye (laughs) she did not she did not and that's like (laughs) but to be fair Mm -hmm. i i don't know if i ever like because throwback to 2019 when I first guested on the Off the Air podcast. Rest in peace to the Off Rest the Air podcast. Rest in peace to the Off the Air podcast. <sighs> Salute. What a fucking... <laughs> 07's in the chat. 07's, 07's in the chat. 07's. But like, um, I, I don't remember if I said this back then. Uh, and to be fair, it was like five years ago. Um, but back then, uh, like in at that time I was extremely socially anxious and I thought everyone oh yeah disliked well, me hey, and, and that I was, was a grumpy asshole I mean guy. to be I fair was it was kind of well. ampl- it was kind of amplified by that and I was like oh shit but like back then like I- I've talked about this on the podcast like maybe like uh I think it was around my my 30th birthday last year mm-hmm. and I remember talking about how when I was involved in the church, a lot of people um, used to, I wouldn't say make fun, but like people that I thought were my friends would like criticize things that I was interested in and they would call them uh, not biblical. Yeah. Um, But they would say- You can't like wrestling. That's not biblical. Yeah. Like, or like- You can't listen to Sugar Ray. I can't listen to fucking Sugar Ray. Um. At ten, that was what, like 10 years ago? Like 10, 11 years ago? No, 12 years ago. It would have been like 12 to 13 years ago. Um, when I got a job at the chicken place in 2012. So, that so it would have been twelve, at least 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, I remember being with this group and, you know, at the time, uh, the best way I can describe it is I was living this like double life where I was going to church and, you know, worshiping God and all of that. And then I would go home, turn on my laptop, 
go onto my K-pop stan Tumblr and then go on my fucking stan Twitter and I would just have both the screens up and I would scroll through Tumblr and talk to my online friends and scroll through Twitter and talk to my online friends because I remember wearing like a like a K-pop bracelet that a friend of mine uh, from who knows where had sent to my house. Yeah. I was so excited and um, somebody had asked me about it and I had, you know, I was like, this is something I really, really love and that I'm yeah. really passionate about. And they were like, um, I don't like, think Jesus would like you liking them that much. Well, and well, what they said was, um, are you worshiping them more than you're worshiping God? Could this be considered a false idol, Carly? And I'm like, no, I just really like like it and they're like mm. it kind of sounds like idol worship it does sound like idol worship so you called them k-pop idols what yeah that's their industry title actually <laughs> right um but like i look back on all the times that i felt that i needed to repress myself mm-hmm. because my biggest fear 12 years ago was not feeling like I belonged somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, Oh, well I want to have friends. I want to have people that invite me to do things and like go to the movies or like go to an arcade or like, you know, do things. Um, so I guess I can't talk about this. I can't talk about this. It became extremely restrictive of what I could talk about and Mm -hmm. what I felt I could talk about with these people that all I wanted was for them to accept me as a person. Um, And, you know, when I evolved and grew up and, you know, my light bulb got switched in and I slowly deconstructed, a big part of me stayed uh, even though I was not believing in the doctrine, I stayed because I didn't want to, I felt like I was going to lose my friends mm-hmm. and well, people that I thought were my friends. Well, and that's the thing that sucks, right? Like, and I don't talk to any of those people anymore. There's two people that I still talk to mm-hmm. very infrequently. Are, are these people that are like still actively participating yeah. or okay? Um, one's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. You know, like, you lose those people. And they'll still, like, happily chat with you. Yeah. But it always comes... It always comes with an ulterior motive of wanting you to come back. Uh Uh-huh. And And that's a bummer. I'll tell you that. It is a huge bummer because especially where we're at now, where all we want to do is, like, talk to you and see how you're doing and catch up with you as a person, what their mindset is... Because it is so ingrained into what they are taught is to, you know, bring more people and uh, basically convert as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. It's like a fucking uh, it's like a fucking credit card conversion at a retail store. If you've ever worked retail where they're like, everybody's coming in and you need to get as many credit cards as possible. Mm-hmm. Their whole thing is, OK, 
every person that you see today, you're going to get as many people who convert to Jesus as possible. And if people have fallen astray, they are your number one priority that they come back. Because, you know, when the 99, when there was 100 sheep and the one went away and God said, fuck the 99, I'm going to get you, bitch. And so it's really disappointing when I, when I see those people and what they want to talk about is when are you coming back and MLMs and and MLMs and not whereas like you know my conversations with them are how are you yeah how's your family are you happy things that matter things that matter things that really do matter yeah because like ultimately like I think like maybe two years ago Mm mm-hmm our old group had that fucking picnic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm fucking going. Yeah, I'd rather die than have gone to that. Oh, it was very funny. It was very funny. And I went and um, there were a couple people there that I was really excited to see. And after that, I was like, fuck the rest of you. But the few people that came up to me and like actually like talked to me, um, I had said, like, at the end, like, when we were wrapping up conversation, I said, listen, as long as you are happy and you are healthy, I'm very, like, I'm very happy for you. Yeah. And what they said was, the, the one girl, I will never forget it. I told her, as long as you are happy and you're healthy and your family is the same, like, I'm really happy for you and I'm glad that you're doing well. And she goes, well, it seems like you're doing okay but you'd be doing a lot better if God was back into your life. And I said, and I said, um, I guess I don't know if I have the time for that anymore, but if you have room for me in your prayer list, you can sneak me in. And, uh, she kind of like looked at me and like looked at her husband because, you know, uh, you can't have an opinion without your husband having an opinion. That too. But also the fact that, you know, and a non-religious woman is talking to your husband. She's going to try and steal him. So true. I'm trying to steal everyone's husband. And so, you know, he was like, it was really good to see you, Carly. And I was like, you too, buddy. And she just kind of like literally like scooped him away. I like, And I'm like, it, it was such a humbling. It was like, a, it was a, it was a very like humbling moment to be like, wow like and i'm looking around at all these people and i i think i needed this for my own healing like and i'm glad that like you know yeah for the most part that like none of you guys were there and like i went by myself and i look and i'm like pretty much all of these people at one point in my life called me their friend yep and now all they want to say is i will be your friend if you come back And I remember getting in my car and driving home. And I think this is when we first had our, like, Discord chat. And I wrote in there, I was like, guys, you will not guess what I just did. And the way that we all, like, all of us, like, former people, like, just talked and commiserated about Mm -hmm. it. And, like, shared stories and everything. That was the moment for me that I was like, okay, like, I was really hurt by, you know, being cut off and separated. And yeah. 
basically excommunicated. That's mm-hmm. what we were. We essentially were excommunicated. There was no f- official paperwork saying, you suck, goodbye. Mm-hmm. But in the simplest word, the simplest way to explain it, we were excommunicated. Yeah. And so going there and taking ownership and being like, I'm fucking here. Mm-hmm. You can look at me in my fucking shorts. I don't care. My favorite was when the liquor score guy's wife uh, came over to me and asked about my, you know, my tank top or something. And she was like, oh, um, well, because like she had like a fucking dress on and the wind blew and her shit came flying like her whatever came flying out. Mm-hmm. She goes, oh, and she like pushes her sleeve down and she goes, can't have that bra strap showing. And I looked down and I see mine and I was like, well, that makes one of us. Anyways, um, is your punch over there? Like, mm-hmm. The look. And I'm like, mm. like, and I wasn't there to cause drama. I wasn't no. there to cause issues. I was You're just, just like, there to say hi and go home. Yeah. I'm and- like, hey, what's up? Uh, Most of y'all are fucking weird. That guy and that guy. They're cool. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. I'm that, out. That guy and that guy. Megan's Law. <laughs> yeah, that guy that guy why are you letting your kids play with them uh why is he in the mouse house with them anyways goodbye and you know but like to call back to your stan twitter thing and the double life that's one of the things that you don't realize until you get out yeah that the uh the cognitive dissonance of not being allowed to enjoy things you know how many um sermons i've sat through where i've been told that horror movies are evil mm-hmm. and it's just like they're really not. Mm-hmm. I'm not opening a portal from the devil to me by watching Friday the 13th. You know, I'm yeah. not. Freddy Krueger is not actually Satan telling me, oh, I'm going to murder you in your sleep, bitch. Yeah. You know, like it, it, we're just guys like living and I'm enjoying a provocative art form that mm-hmm. its entire thing is when it has a greater point. It's about pushing social boundaries and like, commentary and when it's not even like trying for that you can get higher intensity stories than you can get in a non-horror thing just because like you're able to explore deep emotions in different ways right you know and it's neat and i've always really liked it for that and also because i like watching a guy hack people up with a rusty hook sometimes you just have fun you know and having to wrestle with the double life of oh i know i just can't tell any of my church friends about the fact that i really just enjoy the saw movies i can't talk about that because they're gonna judge me you know Mm -hmm. um and having to live every day you know saying that oh i can't let people know that i enjoy k-pop because it's fun Mm -hmm. you know like and you don't realize the amount of like pressure that exits your life Mm -hmm. when you exit that i more than one person who was I know then this is obviously this is not medical advice, but um, more than one person I know were on like depression meds in church. Mm-hmm. They do not take them anymore now that they are out of church. Yeah. You know, like I... this is like you can't tell everyone that like their entire life is uh, them being wrong and them being shitty and gross and uh, they're going to hell no matter what, you can't tell people that for their whole life and then expect them to, like, be happy when you show up and say, 
well, I just don't know why you feel bad. Yeah. You should feel great because Jesus loves you. It's like, yeah, but every single thing that's a part of who I am, you say is evil. And you, yeah, and you say is wrong. And like, I can't tell you like the weight of the identity crisis that I felt like I had Mm -hmm. because, like I said, like I'm living this double life of, you know, um, a person and like, and this is like, I think very tip of the iceberg compared to like, you know, people that are closeted in the church, people that, um, you know, like closeted for like sexual identities or, you know, gender identities or anything like that. This is like nothing compared to that. Yeah. Like, oh, boohoo, I got to go home and listen to fucking Super Junior in my bedroom. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. There are other people who have things worse. But regardless, like, and it does in some way, and uh, I hope you don't take offense to this, it mm-hmm. does in some way make me feel a little bit better that I was not the only one. No, I don't take offense to that at all. I think like, it's and it's I think it's an important thing to make sure people know that like, hey, if you feel discriminated against personally by the church as an institution, that is actually just kind of how it runs if yeah. you're not playing the straight white guy card. Literally, yeah. But ultimately, uh in this very long tangent which i apologize Uh, i hope this was good for you as it was for me it always is Mm -hmm. um no this is i like this this is nice it's it does make me it makes me feel better knowing you know that obviously it wasn't just you know me on my little island going am i the only one who feels this way but the thing is like 10 12 years ago nobody like nobody knew that we were feeling this way because we were in what we considered was our normal yeah i wasn't gonna tell anyone about it because it's just like oh yeah you know church where i'm not allowed to tell people that i really like rock and roll music because the one time on facebook i put a list of bands that i'd love to see iron maiden was on there and a church guy said "Mm, Noah, i don't think that god would want you listening to 666 the number of the beast maybe think about that so I realized, oh, cool, I can't share uh, my music interests with these people. Yeah. Because I was just getting into metal stuff at the time, and I was really into Iron Maiden. You know, that's a cautionary song. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> uh, Number of the Beast is not a song glorifying the devil. It's a song about, oh, man, it sure would suck if the devil showed up, and he was just like, I'm the devil. I'm the devil. Um, but ultimately, like, I'm just... <laughs> Christian reading comprehension remains at an all-time <laughs> low. <laughs> Another band you can't listen to. I didn't let the Bible, <laughs> which most of them have not even read the Bible once. Um, but... I know, I never read that book the whole way through. That's a lot of book. You kidding me? <laughs> I lied and said I read it. <laughs> I said, yo, I'm a youth pastor and I read the Bible once. I think most people lie. I think a lot of people do the only people of- that don't i think are maybe not even all pastors but like a bunch of pastors because they will run like reading plans with people yeah you know oh yeah um but yes in conclusion i'm proud of us buddy me too i'm very proud of us uh people um if this is something that you're thinking about trying to get out of and you're just having a bad time with it 
Um, definitely. If you have a friend who left, talk to him about it. Talk to someone. Because, uh, yeah, talk to someone about it because uh, not someone in the church. No. If you're having doubts at the church, you should look outside the church for some advice because not everyone is going to tell you to leave. Sometimes people are going to be like, I think you just need to like find a better church group. You know, mm-hmm. like my time with the assemblies definitely did not help my uh, church life. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of the people that I knew then were a little crazy. They're crazy. And, you know, it's it, life goes in circles like that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, talk to people about it. Because whatever you're going through, it's not just you. Shit, uh, talk to me about it if you really want to. But I'm really bad at texting people that I don't have uh, <laughs> rapport with already. So, Play. you know how it is. Uh, but, yeah, you know, like... It sucks, but you're not alone in it. Yeah. No, thanks for being my buddy. Carly, thank you for being my buddy. You very And thank you for having me back on here on Between the Fridges. Yes, and thank you. Airing weekly with uh, guests for the rest of February. Yes, Lay. Yes, so thank you guys. I'm sorry, Guestuary. Guestuary, yes. Thank you guys so much for joining us for the 35th inaugural episode of the Between the Fridges podcast. Noah, is there anything that you'd like to uh, plug or, you know throw out there as a final you know i have i have two quick things statements to the community uh one uh, i have another podcast uh it is not off the air R.I.P. uh off the air dead and dead uh, dead married i mean um but i have casual obsession the horror movie podcast where we talk about horror movies yes uh if you're interested i've currently um watched as of today 46 horror movie or 46 movies this year i'm trying to do one a day Average for the whole year. We'll see how it goes uh-huh. and how long before I give up on that goal. But it's it's kind of fun for now. I'm yeah. watching a lot of stuff. You got letterboxed? And I talk about some of them on the podcast. You got letterboxed? I do got a letterboxed. I love letterboxed. Do you have a letterboxed? No. I've, I've watched two. I watched like two movies last year. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I love letterboxed. Um, I try to review the movies that I watch. I give them star ratings. Mm-hmm. I try to give a little like write up. It's just... It's a nice way to be spending the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, which is uh, at Bubba the Bad, B-U-B-B-A-D-A-B-A-D on Letterboxd uh, and Blue Sky and Twitter. I got a link uh, link tree in my Twitter bio, which will lead you to everything. Same on all the other socials that you'll find me on at that username. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, and this is something that I don't have a lot of info on yet, but if you're in the area of uh, northwestern Pennsylvania... I'm going to be part of a um, I'm part of a team doing a um, benefit concert later this year, August, October ballpark area uh, called the Violet Gathering. Uh, You can find out more info uh, from Odd City Entertainment, ODD City Entertainment. Um, I don't remember if we have a website yet. But uh, check that out. We're looking for donations. All proceeds go toward the Crime Victim Center. Uh, for uh, survivors of domestic abuse. And that is uh, kind of the big thing I'm working on this year outside of watching a lot of movies. Uh, arguably the more important yeah. thing. <laughs> so bit. yeah, if uh, if you have a few bucks to throw our way, we're going to be having an uh, online portal for donations. We do have evidence that we donated last year at a personal loss to ourselves. Uh, we donated all money made at the event, even though we sank way more money into it than we made. <laughs> So, um, yeah, 
we're we're committed to this. A bunch of bands come together. I believe it's going to be a three day total festival, um, where people are donating their time, their money, and their resources to make this happen to try and better uh, people's lives who are in a really bad situation that they can't get out of without mm-hmm. help. Yeah. So yeah. Plugged. Slay. You killed it. Thank you. Thank you. You're very <laughs> welcome. Well, uh. It comes, it's it's that time. It is that time. Uh, thank you guys so much uh, for joining us. Uh, please follow our Instagram at Between the Fridges. In our link tree, you will also find our Discord link. Uh, feel free to... Discord? Yeah, feel, <laughs> feel free to join. Uh, I Like I've said before, uh, just like our one-year anniversary stream, um, I want to try and do at least like one stream a month um, on our Discord. Um just for like community hangouts and uh you know the use uh i will also try and find ways to you know make the between the fridges discord a little bit more engaging and very fun um all the other links are in the link tree um and i know i keep saying it but uh, oh, and before we go, thank you so much to everybody who came to the one year anniversary live stream a few weeks ago. I know we've had like a break for the past few weeks, but um, everybody who showed up and, you know, spent a little bit of time or the whole time, uh, we put a lot of work into just making sure that the event was fun and super engaging. And uh, for everybody that showed up, it made it just super memorable and worthwhile so thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you for just you know for just being here and just you know spending your time with me and amanda and our guest uaries uh <laughs> since we started in january of last year um and we hope that 2024 is even better than last year um so for one last time thank you so much for joining us this week and every week. My name is Carly. This is Noah. Hello. <laughs> and I will see you next week with a new guest for week two of Guestuary. What are you looking at? I just joined the Discord. Okay. Live on air. <laughs> live and on air. <laughs> Where the hose at? Can I say that here? <laughs> Put it in there. Put it in there. Let's see. I'm it. not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in right now. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs>